with raw safe what we're trying to put is an assurance mark on the food that we've looked into that manufacturing they're doing everything they possibly can to make sure that what's served up in front of your pet is safe and ready to eat Hey there, welcome to Life Well Loved, the pet well-being podcast brought to you by Bella and Duke. My name's James Marriott, I'm your host as we adventure into the world of pet ownership with you and your cats and dogs. We'll be sniffing out expert knowledge from people like behaviourists, nutritionists and veterinary professionals as we explore how to do right by our pets covering everything from pet-centered nutrition to how to help them navigate the world around them. So, let's meet today's guest. Please welcome back to the podcast, Bella and Duke's Chief Veterinary Consultant and all-round good guy, it's Dr. Brendan Clark. Thank you for joining us again, Brendan. Oh, thank you. No, it's great to be back. Um, Last time you were on the podcast, we were talking about routine health checks i mentioned this because anyone who hasn't listened to that go back and check that episode out go and find it because there's loads of really good stuff in 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 there today something a little bit more specific we're talking about raw safe so anyone whose ears prick up at this moment thinking what's that not heard of that before first question what is raw safe wow so raw safe is a scheme that we designed back in 2019 believe it or not it's taken that long to come to fruition between the raw feeding veterinary society and a load of us as vets were looking at how can we guarantee a level of safety for the raw foods that are being produced because we're seeing a huge escalation of the amount of raw food that's being sold within the uk market let alone across the world and We recognize that whenever something grows that quickly, there's always a danger that there'll be somebody trying to make money at the lower end of the market, not necessarily producing the safest product, which may actually impact on some of the great companies like Bella and Duke for, you know, if there's an aberrant story of a health issue following food that's been poorly produced, you know, so it's how could we set a standard you know there there are some very basic standards out there that we'll touch on but the yeah how could we set a standard so we got together with a quorum of food producers alongside a quorum of vets and actually came up with raw safe to establish a set of standards that were attainable but yet higher than the current uh, standards that are out there the, the word safety obviously came up a few times in there, and, and I think this is a really obvious question to ask, but I, f- I feel it's necessary just to kind of set the scene a little bit here. So when we talk about safety, we talk about risks, what are we actually talking about? So if someone did come along, bottom end of the market and think, all oh, right, okay, I'm, I'm going to throw all kinds of stuff in here and, and no one will, will ever know. What are the dangers that come from that? Well, of course there's dangers. You know, if somebody is really bad at handling the food and has people within the manufacturing plant that have illnesses of their own and they're manufacturing raw food, which is not going to be cooked, they could pass on salmonella. They could pass on um, bacteria like E. coli that are either multi-resistant or indeed have 
serious pathogenic properties. Now, the majority of bacteria we have to understand are around us all the time and they enhance our immune system. They enhance the nutrients that we get from food. They enhance effectively our physiology, our ability to cope with life. And they are protective, symbiotic, we call those. Okay. And they are absolutely brilliant. And that is by far the majority of microbes that are around us. But there are one or two aberrant ones which can cause serious illness. And if we create an environment, you know, the temperature, the circumstances that enhances their reproduction, that obviously has a higher risk within food. And these are also prevalent within, you know, kibble foods, within any food manufacturing process. Contamination is always a risk. And actually, you know, uh, raw safe could be as good for a manufacturer of a dried food as it could for a raw food. You know, if they held up to those, we could absolutely improve the pet food market. Um, but what, what we see is, you know, people still pointing a finger at raw food for certain bacterial infections when actually, you know, the, the stats are out there. You know, the, the number of cases from dry kibble foods in the States hands down beats the number of cases from raw food. Okay. And we're not talking, oh, it's just a factor of 10 because raw food's about 10% of the US market. We're talking hundreds, you know, factors of hundreds more cases uh, of food poisoning from kibble foods than come from raw foods. You've mentioned a couple of of dates as you kind of talked about the the background to it, but but kind of where are we at within this as a as a as a process? Still still relatively new. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Look, there's uh, lots of stuff has to be done legally to protect. You know, so this is a true certification mark. Okay, so there's loads of legal aspects, and you know, as soon as it gets in the hands of the lawyers, it's always going to take a bit of time to make sure that all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. But this is now something that is not just UK, but a certification mark across Europe. Okay, which means that actually that protects us to being able to roll it out across the world. We've had inquiries from Canada, from the US, from New Zealand and Australia. Um, you know, it has so many important aspects which help companies beyond the very basic levels often set by government. Uh, and yeah, a great friend of mine in South America and Chile was saying, yeah, this will be great for South American countries, which are not really having the time and resources to develop what are going to be good standards for raw food production. Yeah, would love to embrace things that we bring to them with RawSafe so that they can actually you know, use that uh, within their own national production lines and, and stuff like that um, uh, over in South America. What what we do see, um, if you walk down the shelves of a supermarket, for example, and, and look at the pet food aisle, everything's got some kind of little stamp or or something in a in a circle. Sometimes it's for winning this award or or, or that award. But but there are kind of lots of things like that. Are there? Are, are there any other kind of similar schemes, or is this very unique? 
Uh, there are some similar schemes. Okay, the UK Pet Food Manufacturers uh, Association, so the PFMA, uh, who have now become UK Pet Foods, have produced a, a standardization mark. They started to produce that around the same time. It was sort of like something that became apparent in parallel uh, to ours. Uh, some aspects that we really like about RawSafe is it is not me going into a company to say, yes, I really like the way you do do this. Um, yes, I've given RawSafe direction and, and sort of this is what we need to be doing. Um, but we have a third party inspectorate of vets that are going in as veterinary surgeons who have loads, a wealth of experience in manufacturing plants and meat production plants to actually assess, you know, what are the standards? How safe is that? You know, how, uh, not just to the end product, but how safe is it for the people working within the plant? How safe is it for um, the uh, incoming material? You know, we looked at so many aspects, but this is where we concentrated on at this point in time is the production and giving people um, that reassurance that it's third party i've got no interest in the companies that are getting these the certifications or giving out the certifications in that sense is that that enhances things so much they really know how to audit com companies whereas when there's a lot of tick box exercises and self-certification and reaching well yes defra have come to see me that's fine you know and then the audit process is literally to check have those sheets been ticked you know is there a bit of paperwork trail um i think just shows the differences between the standards that are there at this point in time you know it, it really stands up to scrutiny and i you know hope that we will be able to advance it with other schemes. You know, let's talk about you know the other aspects that raw safe can bring to the raw food market. Amazing. So, tell us a little bit then about what that process looks like. So, um, you mentioned about third party um, vets going into um, factories and plants and and stuff like that. So, what what are they actually doing? You've you've, you've mentioned about the standards. Perhaps you could go to a little bit more depth about um, not necessarily all of them, but some of those and and what it is that they're doing. And maybe an idea of you know how how long are they spending there? Is it in and out in twenty minutes, or um, is it uh, is it a long? drawn out Ofsted inspection-esque type um, type arrangement. Yeah, indeed. And and I think that's a lot of people, a lot of manufacturers out there are sort of like wondering, you know, how do they get onto this? So it literally is, they um, can go onto our website, uh, rawsafe.com, literally go in and um, apply. That will then send them the standards which are out there. So there's um, a fair few pages, let me tell you, to go through there, but it gives them some direction. Um, and they have an ability to read through that, check compliance, check that they've got all the paperwork, etc., in place, and you know, ask for advice. You know, we're here to help with advice if you know people are stuck on you know what to be doing in certain uh, cases. And then it's once they've said yes, they press go for an inspection. Uh, the first inspection is then arranged. It will usually take, depending on the size of plant, usually between half and one and a half days to inspect. So Bella and Duke, very much a larger plant. 
it's one and a half days was the sort of inspection time uh, that it took to go through all of the paperwork that's involved, you know, traceability from farm through to production, making sure that the cold train, so that's looking at how cold that meat is kept and that there's no aberrant sort of raising of temperatures, anything like that. The isolation of incoming ingredients so that it's quarantined and checked before it enters into the food chain for the manufacturing plant, that there's no crossovers within the plant structure that allows risk of contamination of incoming ingredients with existing quarantined ingredients, um, all the way through the production line to where it's then stored and how it's sent out. So there's, you know, and in that, all of the testing protocols that come in to bacteriology testing. So that touches on many, many aspects of that all of that has to be auditable. So there has to be a paper train of where things are going. So the chain of temperature control, the chain of making sure that things are tested, you know, when it was produced, batch traceability, ability, if there's ever an issue with a batch that they can work all the way back to the farm that it came from to identify where that sourcing may be uh, emanating. You know, all of those aspects are within raw safe and that's why it can take so long and then the beauty of raw safe is that we then have a surprise visit so effectively a second audit within the year and this is really important to ensure that companies are maintaining their standards if they don't know when the next inspection is going to be you know it could be a month down the line it could be 11 months down the line it encourages them to maintain those standards Whereas with some of the other standards that are out there, it's a once a year tick box, yes, check, done, audit those ticks, and you've you've got it for another year. Um, you know, we wanted to say, no, no, we've seen too many Ofsted-like inspections, too many practice standard type inspections where, you know, everything goes to pot for three years, but in between, and then at that third year point when the inspection's coming, everybody works like crazy to make every surface shine and everything look pretty but actually you know there's been a whole risk period well the beauty of raw safe is you can be assured those companies have to keep their standards up year round that that's really interesting to hear because as you're kind of you know explaining about the initial part of the process and you kind of think if you want to do i'm not saying anyone would if you wanted to kind of make it look like you do all these things really well um then you can just kind of turn things on a bit can't you for 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 that so that idea of a surprise inspection i think um is is so important for 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 this and then the the next thing that i wanted to ask about really was perhaps just kind of changing perspective a little bit to to, to that of a of a pet owner and and i think um uh, that a lot of this has kind of been covered in what you've already said but what what does this mean to pet owners and 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 why does it matter for them yeah look yeah cost of living crisis is around us you know we see everybody worried about um the cost of heat and light uh, let alone the cost of food that's coming onto their table and, and that's putting pressures upon what they put in front of their pets and they they need some reassurance that actually there's a downside if you don't pay attention to the quality of what you put in front of your pet then you've got a risk of the veterinary bills the other aspects to having a poorly pet out the other end 
So what we're trying to say to people is, look, by all means, you could go for um, a much lower cost foods, whether that be kibble, whether that be tinned, whether that be um, a low cost raw option. But actually, there are risks with that and it may end up costing you more in the long run. So with RawSafe, what we're trying to put is an assurance mark on the food that look, we've looked into that manufacturing they're doing everything they possibly can to make sure that what's served up in front of your pet is safe and ready to eat and you know it's gonna do right by them okay it's going to be uh, the food that you expect it to be brilliant as as we speak now and and i appreciate that this is probably an, an ever moving um picture but i believe at the moment there are just two fully accredited manufacturers one of which is of course bella and duke um what about the future of this scheme then where would you like to see it see it go yeah we already have um a couple of companies in europe that are also signed up to having their inspections so that's great we've Definitely, I'm sure Bernard, you won't mind me saying, Paleo Ridge are also accredited um, with Raw Safe. For protection to some degree of other companies that have applied, um, we reassure them that unless they transgress and start pretending that they're Raw Safe and putting our mark on their food, we will protect them. We're not going to, you know, they can apply, they can have an inspection. We're not going to sort of publicized they failed um, because otherwise that discourages people from bettering themselves and getting you know at least trying to get those marks you know on their foods so i would say look it's great the level of interest okay the level of people uh, reaching out to us to to do this test absolutely they have a lower cost option with the pfma um and the uk pet foods as i should you know, call them uh, Mark, and that may help financially for them to go for a lower cost option. But realistically, we're seeing so much interest in this becoming a global mark that's recognised that actually uh, I think a lot of people will want to see that. And it says what the mark is on the tin, you know, seeing something that just says UK pet food versus something that says raw safe you know, is almost self-explanatory. So it just helps companies to promote their food, to say what they're doing, to look after their end customers. So I think um, what we've what we've done there is is painted a really good picture about kind of where we are at the at the moment. Tell us a bit about what you see as potential kind of future steps and and where things can go in terms of of, of raw food safety. Yeah, look, Raw Safe. Uh, when we talked it through as to what would it stand for, you know, what what did we want to develop? So many ideas came forth, you know, from um, the stages of food production that we can accredit. So that's looking at you know what's happening at the production and farm and, and slaughter end. So therefore, the people producing ingredients for raw food raw food producers all the way through to what we're doing now, which is the main gain for manufacturing, through to end users and, and resellers. So, you know, the, the pet food stores, the people that are reselling, what they can be doing to improve safety, to getting the food to the end users, you know, the, the delivery guys, all of that advice that's there. So on the website at rawsafe.com, there is a lovely, you know, um, 
customer leaflet, which will describe about how they can handle the food safely from them receiving it all the way through to putting it into the pet's bowl, um, how they can make sure about their cleanliness. You know, people will remember the who hand wash from COVID-19, you know, all that's reiterated all the way to simple things like how to store it in the fridge. You know, the salad drawer at the bottom of the fridge is not a salad drawer. That is where your raw meats should go, okay? That is what that should have on it, okay? Salad that you probably going to rinse at best, you know, I know many people that don't even do that, should be much higher up in the fridge, you know, amongst the, you know, probably above the jarred materials that are in there, the sauces and things like that. Um, But raw meats, whether they're for yourselves to cook later or for your pets, should be in the bottom drawer. And that's some of the information that people just aren't, don't get these days. They don't have that knowledge of what what they should be doing for their own safety at home. So that's the sort of safety aspects. But then there were other things, some great things on safety about nutrient content, you know, how we can help influence uh, people's understanding of what are important nutrients for their pets to receive, you know, going beyond AFCA and FEDIAF, which is the sort of bare minimums to actually trying to optimize nutrients and recommended daily allowances of various nutrients to uh, looking at the environmental protection stuff that's going on you know a, a green raw safe mark looking at sustainability in farming how important livestock are for maintaining our soil health and our soils and not allowing all of that to be washed out to sea you know how important it is in the whole crop rotation production how we can encourage companies to use everything from you know the oink to the tip of the tail of the beast not just the the prime cuts you know and why that's so important for sustainability but also for health because there's so many nutrients in all of those different organs and body parts that some people would cringe at maybe turn their nose up but that's an educational thing and and actually making it so there's less food waste is another great goal so you can see there is a huge horizon of possibilities and so as this grows and and becomes not just a a uk and, and european but becomes worldwide and we get more impetuses wanting to to increase those we'll be listening to both customers but also all the other ends of the the market as to where they want to push things next but I, I'd love it if it was the sustainability bit that really, really floats my boat. Brilliant. I, I mean, I, I really look forward to hearing more about those um, future developments because I think you, you've uh, you covered a lot of stuff there, and in a in a way, probably only took you know, the kind of the tip of the iceberg really as to as to where things um, things could go. Brendan, thank you very much for your time. I mean, I, I feel like we, we you know we've learned a lot there about um, Rosif. And the added bonus of how to better organise your fridge, which is not something I expected to get from uh, from this conversation. But uh, as I say, that's a real added bonus. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, your knowledge about um, RawSafe. Sounds like a great scheme. As I say, look forward to, to hearing more about where it goes over the coming months and years. And um, as ever, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you, James. 
Well, that wraps up this episode of Life Well Loved. Thank you very much for listening. You can find out more about us at bellaandduke.com and don't forget to hit follow so you get all our new episodes every fortnight. Thanks for listening and I look forward to seeing you again soon.